Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week seven, and we got some ranks for you. I am Chris Welsh. That is Brandon Funston. And in the background, in the shadows, is the ghost of Jake Seeley, who is here in spirit because his ranks are the topic of conversation where Brandon and I, every single week, we just try to disagree with Jake. We look at his ranks, which you can get over at The Athletic. We pick apart where do we agree, where do we disagree, whether it's higher or lower. That's what we're going to be looking at at quarterback. Running back, wide receiver, little tight end sleeper from Brandon. We got you covered on all the week seven ranks. And if you guys want to pick up a subscription, go to theathletic.com right now. You can search in any of the fantasy football, search in Jake Seeley, any article really you can click on, and that will prompt you to get a subscription today, which I highly suggest you do. The waivers, the ranks, top notch, best in the industry. If you also want just a direct link to it, go to All In Kids Twitter. And then just click on the link. You can sign up today and get access to both, which are invaluable, just like Brandon Funston, one of my favorites. Brandon, how are you, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Just trying to decipher this, this crazy week seven, six teams on by so many injuries to follow. Um, we're going to talk about ranks and who you should start and who you shouldn't. But really, if if you have a uh, an able bodied uh, player with a heartbeat, you're probably going to put him in your lineup this week. It stinks. I, I've talked about it in a couple different spots. Trying to, it's good and bad, as you said. Like there might not be a whole lot of decision making. You might have to come to some really difficult mirror, you know, mirror face to face decisions of being like, okay, I am starting Zach Evans this week. Like you might have to do that, but it also stinks when you're tr- how I feel when you're trying to be like this guy can beat the expectations to here. Like, as I've been saying, I feel like it's very chalk. It is the RB1s or RB1s, the wide receiver twos or the wide receiver twos. I don't know where the really where the big variance lies outside of being able to justify it. Like, there's going to be guys. There's going to be a guy that, you know, that's in the 40s or 50s that's going to produce as a wide receiver two. You know, it might be a guy like Josh Downs, but finding the big justification for them, I think, is tougher and trying to get sneaky about it. I really had a hard time with it. that. Also, was making that's not what this show is, but the betting market's <laughs> kind of more difficult as well. I think they're holding back some numbers, and there's not as many great options. And some of the early line stuff jumped out as a little bit more difficult than I wanted it to be. So we're just bemoaning. I mean, we can pivot to a, a, you know an NFL betting show if you want. I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. I'm, you know, I'm surfing looking for those player props and uh, being. Fairly impatient here on a Thursday, waiting for some of these numbers to drop. So, yeah, they're playing coy with us right now, for sure. And, and also, uh, you and me should. We should uh, present that to the <laughs> Athletic. I think you and I would do great with that. We love talking about props. with. I've been like, and by the way, if you're not a better, one thing I'd always point out, I think, is a, is a fun anecdotal thing. If you want to move yourself outside of even just 
you know, consensus ranks or even Jake's for, for all that. Go and look at what Vegas has on your guys. You know, yeah. that can be a big tell. You know, plenty of players, you'll help, you'll hear analysts be like, oh, this guy's going to have a big week and it'll be like 46 yards receiving prop. You know, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison yeah. was a big stink for me last week. But then you'll, you know, you might be on the fence about how chalk is a certain player. Like Brandon Ayuk is someone I love this week. I love Brandon Ayuk as the number one target. I think the 49ers are going to get back to passing. You can pass against the Minnesota Vikings. Number one wide receivers do well against the Vikings. And Ayuk typically opens, if you pay attention to the receiving yard market, he opens somewhere between 48 and 56. That's where it's been all season long, sometimes better for worse. 65 he opened up. That's the biggest uh, number he's had yet, and it's only going to move up. So my point is, is sometimes these markets, when you pay attention to what the props, the receptions, and the touchdowns are, might give you a little slight edge if you are deciding between some of the ranks. That's that's what's fun and why some of us can succeed in the prop market. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And a lot of times, uh, you know, main running backs will have a rushing plus receiving yards prop. So you can, you know, you can see what the upside is for total yardage, which we care about in fantasy an awful lot. But uh, I'm surprised they had an IUK already, given, you know, the 49ers injury situation. It looks like things are trending in the right direction for CMC and Samuel. But, um, you know, usually when there's big injuries hanging out there, they'll just they'll hold back on team offense player props, uh, you know, until they have a little bit better guidance on that. It was literally like two hours ago that it, it just oh, okay. dropped. It had, okay. yeah, it literally yeah. just dropped. So it, like they slowly kind of trickle out, but you know, sometimes that's a little bit of an edge if you want to pay attention to that, but we are obviously not here to talk about player props in your betting. We're, t- we're here to talk about the guys that you want to start the big plays for the week. Let's go through a couple pieces of news. There's some interesting quarterback stuff out there. This just came down like 17 minutes ago uh, as we're recording this. So Jimmy Garoppolo is officially out for week seven. This is according to Adam Schefter that he is not going to play. The only thing we haven't heard, though, is if it is going to be Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. I kind of feel like it would be Aiden, but I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Hoyer out there. Oh, I thought I saw the news that it was going to be Aiden O'Connell if Garoppolo couldn't go. So I... I, I don't know that officially. I, I thought I saw that yesterday that someone had revealed that, that that was the way they were going to go. Um, I kind of hope it is. If you're, if you have a Devonte Adams, like I think O'Connell in his only start targeted him like 12 times. Um, so there there's that. But I mean, I, I think we know what a Brian Hoyer offense is going to look like. It's going to be very, it's going to be very milk toast. And, um, which is good for a guy like Jacoby Myers. I mean, I think like yeah, you know, oh, yeah. short yardage type of guys, Jacoby Myers receiving prop. Uh, again, that was a good one last week. That's another one of those where it's like six catch, six to seven catches is probably in the books for Myers, especially. And you're probably going to see another one of those 25 carry 3.5 yards per carry kind of Josh Jacobs games. If you have Brian Hoyer in there as well, you know, and it's a great matchup for Jacobs this week. It's yeah. a very, very good matchup receiving and rushing that he's ranked very high in consensus ranks as he should be. That's going to be a guy that you're going to want to target, but really weird there. The other one was Kyler Murray was lifted from the IR and was practicing. And there, the report is actually a friend of mine. I used to work with uh, Mike Jarecki who covers the Cardinals out here said that we could be seeing him within the next two weeks. He could be out in game action, which I don't know. It shouldn't be surprising because this is what was laid out to us maybe a little bit early, but there's some little part of me, my, uh, cohort Scott Bogman had mentioned I kind of thought he might never play 
this season because if he gets injured again, that contract is completely guaranteed. So it's a weird situation, but would up the value if he is back out there, we'd, we'd assume, on some of the fantasy options like, um, you know, like Marquise Brown and maybe even to some of the running backs as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I always wondered in the back of my mind, is it really realistic that they would redshirt him for a year? I assume that brings up potential player, uh, you know, NFL Player Association grievances. If a player is completely healthy, he's known to be their franchise quarterback and they're purposely, you know, keeping him under wraps. I, I don't yeah. know if they can legitimately do that. So um, we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, I have no idea what Arizona's plan is here. Um, you know, if Kyler Murray comes back, it hasn't been a great quarterback year. And he'd certainly be interesting, you know, like, you know, he was, he was always a top 10 guy. And I, and this, this year, especially, I think he would just, you would have to kind of, you know, if he's going to come back and be the Kyler Murray he was, even with the warts, he's probably a top 10 quarterback. I agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. A couple pieces on the running back news. We know there's going to be no Kyron Williams. Ronnie Rivers is out. As I loosely mentioned, Zach Evans looks like he's going to be uh, the go this week. And Royce Freeman was also activated from the practice squad and they signed Miles Gaskin. Are you going to have interest in Evans this week? Yeah, actually. I mean, I think I would. I, I would I would consider him. I, I did end up picking him up on one team. I think I'm going to be playing him in the flex. Uh, Pittsburgh has been a good matchup for running backs. Um, and so, you know, I are they going to be able to get Royce Freeman up and running with a big workload or Miles Gaskin with a big workload right away? Um, I would think that Evans is probably looking at least a dozen or more touches. So that's to me, at least flex worthy. I have this sneaky suspicion that Royce Freeman is going to get annoying run this week. Like it might be early down stuff and maybe it's split series. Cause they don't want to throw Evans into a full, full workload. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just have this sneaking suspicion that Royce is going to kind of 
downplay some of the upside that could be there. A um, couple other running back pieces. Roshan Johnson still has not cleared protocol, concussion protocol. So you're going to have to be on the lookout for that. That's not good. Deontay Foreman did pretty much nothing. But Roshan, the expectation is he's going to be taken off and he'll be the lead guy, which is going to make him very interesting this week. Also, Jeff Wilson practiced in full and he looks like he could jump in. And I think what that does is it makes it just takes us back to the Achan Mostert split carries. I think they'll do the exact same thing. I don't think Wilson will be explosive like Achan, but I, I still actually think this is kind of decent for uh, Mostert because if they do early down stuff with Wilson, putting Mostert in when a defense is starting to get gas is the best thing you can do with how explosive he is. But I know Jake is pretty into Jeff Wilson this weekend. Are you? No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't like the the guy who's been out for six weeks coming in and, and facing the Philadelphia Eagles, and we have no idea what his workload is going to be. Like, I just can't assume that we're just I, – I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'll play Mostert, and I'll feel happy about playing him this week. I, I, I feel pretty certain he's going to get his touches, but I, I just have no idea on Jeff Wilson. And they, You know, against the Eagles, they could just sell out to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill in this game. You know, they have those games where they'll just dump the ball off on a bunch of short – short passes and it could, you know, I, it's just, I have, it's a kind of an X factor for me. I don't feel comfortable like just sight unseen following Jeff Wilson this week. Yeah. And w- Cause it's, it's a bit of an unknown. We just, we don't know exactly like how healthy is he, how comfortable are they, how much do they want to take Mostert off the field with how right. good he's been? That's a, that's a big question. That was an easier answer last year, not so much this year. Last on the running backs, Jameer Gibbs limited in practice. Craig Reynolds did not practice, hoping that's going to change because I actually think Craig Reynolds could be kind of sneaky this week. But Jameer Gibbs looks like he's lining up as David Montgomery will be out. How high are you going to go on Gibbs? Uh, let me see. I have him ranked here. I should probably pull up my ranking so I can you know handle these questions as you give them to me. Where do you have him <laughs> while I stall? Aaron, um, Jake has him at 14, by the way, and half PPR has got him right at 14. I've got Gibbs. Uh, I was actually on the wide receiver tab. I think I have Gibbs just a tiny bit lower. Actually, no, I Gibbs at 15. Yeah. So right there as well. I, I, I can't, can't my, of course my thing is slow, but I know I'm right in the mid teens as well. Um, so I think if I'm not exactly the same as you, as you or Jake, I'm like one off, but, uh, okay, here we go. So, Great, great podcasting here as you wait for me to surf to the running back position. I am. Do, 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 do. Oh, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually RB seventeen. So, um, so you hate him? I hate him. Yeah, apparently. There you go. But you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit weary because I, I need Reynolds to be healthy to go with this. I think they could use Reynolds in a David Montgomery like early down role. I still I think Gibbs will get more carries than he's used to, but I just don't think Gibbs takes the Montgomery usage. I think they will use Reynolds. So I think that can lop off maybe some of the huge upside. So I actually think I'm probably more prone to move Gibbs down a little bit than up unless Reynolds is inactive. That's I agree. I think they out. have a very distinct idea of what they want Jameer Gibbs to be. And I think that was the same deal with DeAndre Swift to, you know, the detriment of fancy, but like they, they don't want Jameer Gibbs to be David Montgomery. I think they're fine with Craig Reynolds being David Montgomery and Jamal Williams, but that type of kind of like, you know, that hybrid sort of running back wide receiver athlete guy, they have different designs for them. And it's not to be the 20 plus carry guy. 
Over on the wide receivers, just a couple pieces of news here. Deontay Johnson practice in full. Pat Firemuth did as well. So you got a couple receiving options returning as the Steelers are coming off of bye. Deontay, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I tend to think this will be Deontay Johnson leading the way as receptions, but it might open up some bigger, deeper threat opportunities for pickens, which might be great for that offense to expand just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, do you have Deontay as a wide receiver two or like a high end wide receiver three? I have him as a wide receiver three. I don't think even even have him as a high end wide receiver three, but I have him as a solid wide receiver three. I, so he's in that general area. Yeah, I'm just looking really quick. I have him at wide receiver thirty five. Oh, okay, so barely a wide receiver yeah. three. All right, and then finally, uh, the wide receivers in Seattle a little bit banged up. DK Metcalf had not practiced rib and hip injury. Lockett was also limited with a hamstring injury. Do you have any fears of either one maybe not going or being limited? Um. DK has been dealing with this stuff for a while. Um, and so I don't think he's a worry. He's had the rib thing since like week two or something. So um, I think he's going to be fine. Ha- Hammy for Tyler. The, you know, the one thing that might be interesting out of all this if, is if we get Tyler on a limited number of snaps, we get to see what JSN looks, looks like on a more kind of featured role. And they need to get him going because we're almost halfway through the season. He's just been a, you know, he's just been a kind of a, an ancillary figure in this offense. Gino's also, play, I feel like he's played it safer than usual. Like I don't, I don't feel like he's very expansive. I think he's taken a step back on this team. Uh, he's ranked very high this week because of the matchup, but to like what you're saying, you get these weapons. You'd love to see him expand the ball more and like get, get it deeper, go to J, but it's just like, it's lock it. It's Metcalf, lock it, Metcalf. There just isn't, here's one to Bobo. Here's one to JS. There's never a big explosive. Let's get these three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets out and let's move the ball to other targets. It's just, it's the same two guys every week, which has really limited the upside of JSN. I a hundred, hundred percent agree. I actually thought Gino was going to take another step. Like it is like, he's still, kind of a newbie to being a regular starting quarterback when he drops back there isn't that feeling that he just knows where he's going you know or that if he doesn't get his first read that he knows boom you know that he's been holding on to the ball a while there seems to be some indecision there that I wasn't expecting from him so I don't know what that is completely but I I don't see this next level of um, you know development from Gino that I was hoping to see for sure. And it'll be interesting where it changes. As we move in, let's talk about the ranks. We're going to start with quarterback ranks. And my transition is just to say Jake has Geno at eight this week. And that's up against the Arizona Cardinals. It's it's a juicy matchup, if you will. And yeah. Geno, by the way, in consensus ranks 24 hours ago was outside the top 12. Once people started submitting, seeing how <laughs> bad this week is, how bad the fringe quarterbacks are. I think it pushed a lot of people to be like, Gino is a great option this week. So when we're looking at his ranks, just giving you guys a couple, Hertz, Mahomes, Allen, that kind of leads to the top. If you're looking at the article, Gino is right below Brock Purdy. So seven and eight, that's kind of an interesting group there of quarterbacks. That's kind of the market of where we have, but here's a big difference. This is your big difference where Jake has Jared Goff as a top 12 quarterback, a QB one this week. And you do not. You are against the Jared Goff this week. So that's our big first rank differential. So let's hear why Goff is not a QB1. Yeah, and you know, we say, oh, it's a 16 bye week. It doesn't really affect the quarterback market a whole lot because Joe Burrow is maybe the only guy, C.J. Stroud, 
Dak Prescott, that's that's the best of the best. Otherwise, it's Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, and Bryce Young. Those guys don't normally figure ahead of Jared Goff anyway. So I'm down a little bit on Jared Goff because some of the stuff we talked about, the entire backfield's injured. David Montgomery's out. Craig Reynolds hasn't practiced this week unless he practiced today, and I haven't heard about it. And Jameer Gibbs is coming back from a hamstring injury, is limited in practice this week. Uh, I know the wide receivers have been banged up. Um, the offensive line is banged up. But you're going on the road and you're facing, to my one been one of the best defenses this year in the Baltimore Ravens. And especially against the pass, they've been very tough. Uh, they're the only team that allows less than 10 yards per catch to the wide receiver position in the league. So I just think Jared Goff, who his numbers overall for the season are bumped up by the fact that he has two rushing touchdowns. In the previous two years, he didn't have a rushing touchdown. So that is not like a bankable thing that you can count on from Jared Goff. You're not going to get a whole lot of rushing touchdowns. He maybe won't get another one the entire year. So just on the strength of his passing numbers alone, I think he's going to be outside the top 12 this week. Yeah, I'm I'm a little indifferent about him. I'm more on Jake's side as far as the rank goes, but I'm, I don't love the matchup. And yeah. I, I think it's going to be about like it, it – <laughs> this team can't really run and it, it would be about like, can they establish a run? They're going to be passing. It's the only reason I think he might be able to be extra sneaky as far as like putting up garbage time points or, or really just need to pass the ball, wh- whatever direction this game ends up going. Jameer Gibbs is better set. I think out of the passing side, if Reynolds is banged up, that just leads to them throwing the whole ball a whole bunch more. I think Laporta's in a good spot. So I'm a little bit more on Jake's side on it, but I don't have a great feel for it. Now I'd be curious where you are because I've got a top 12 quarterback that Jake doesn't have. And I'm putting Kirk cousins in at 12 versus 18 where Jake has cousins in. And obviously the reason Jake has him at 18 is because it is against the San Francisco 49ers and the 49ers have actually given up the third least fantasy points to quarterbacks in general, but you can't, unless you're the Browns run against the 49ers, you have to pass the weakest part of the 49ers game. I've said it all season long is the secondary. What can the Vikings not do run efficiently? What do they do? pass the ball in volumes. And that's what they're going to have to end up doing here. Um, Third least fantasy points, but 49ers come in right in the middle as far as yards given up on the year with almost 1,300. Now, the reason why the fantasy points are down is because they have the most interceptions against quarterback. They've intercepted 10 total balls, but you can give up some bigger plays. I just think this is a spot where Kirk Cousins is going to be slinging. I think Osborne is sneaky this week for receptions. I think Hawkinson's going to get light, laid down a little bit, and I'm going to stupidly bet Jordan Addison again because the 49ers can be had on big plays. Their cornerbacks, Ward is all right. I think Ward will be locked up on Osborne. Lenore can absolutely be beaten deep, and the safeties on the Niners like to come in and play inside the box, and that's going to be more of a Hawkinson thing. So I like Addison more. This is all built around to say that I think the Vikings will be playing from behind against the 49ers and will have to pass the ball. This is a pure volume play, and he's a top 12 quarterback to me against the 49ers, who also showed some weakness on defense. But what do you think here, Brandon? This is a really tough matchup. Yeah, I'm closer to you. I have him as my quarterback 14, and I and I agree with what a lot of what you say. Um, I was trying to find his splits for 
for Monday night while you were riffing there. And like, I know he has a terrible primetime record, but I want to, <laughs> I, I want to say that a lot of that has still been like big numbers, you know, like he, you know, if you're just counting wins and losses, not good. But I, as far as like fantasy numbers, I think his fantasy numbers have bared out pretty, pretty well on Monday night, but I like the Monday night home game. I like the extra juice that that might bring to this Minnesota team. And, and I agree with what you said. I have no expectation that they're going to be able to run the ball. So even with Justin Jefferson out, they still have enough weapons there that Kirk Cousins can throw a lot of passes in this game and get you. I have him not quite as a QB1 this week, but I have him right on the outside periphery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's in that general range, but Jake is pretty far off. He's got him at 18. He has Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson both ahead of Kirk Cousins, which I don't. Uh, The Daniel Jones one is interesting. I just haven't trusted any of it, and I'm out on Russell. There's... I don't see the scenario where I want to be playing Russell Wilson in any capacity. So it's I think Kirk a, Cousins he's is at a, in a he's spot. in like a box of chocolates kind of place right now. Like he's had some good games, but he had 95 passing yards last week or whatever. Like you can get yeah. one or the other, and it's kind of hard to predict at this point. I would rather start Desmond Ritter this week. I think he's a sneakier quarterback with how they've been throwing the ball. And number one, wide receivers benefit uh, against Tampa Bay. And Josh Dobbs is someone that um, I kind of still dig. And Jake has it 15 this week. And he does have him over Russ. And that's one I agree with as well. Let's take a look at the running backs. Where do we disagree? The RB ranks for this week. Jake has got those up. It's half PPR. Christian McCaffrey is a kind of tough one for people, but Jake did what I did. Slap him at number one. Don't worry about like, is he gonna, is he not? You just, if, if you assume he's going to play, you put him there. A really interesting one this week that would just kind of consensus is Ken Walker against the Arizona Cardinals pops up at the very tippy top, but you've got a couple disagreements and one of actually I'm with you on this first one. I'm a little bit indifferent about, but Isaiah Pacheco, you have yeah. it six versus 11 for Jake. Yeah, either way, you have Isaiah Pacheco, you're playing him. Um, I just, first of all, I like the matchup against the Chargers and my breakdown of running backs by fantasy points, fantasy points per touch and yards per carry allowed. And uh, the, the metrics that I put into it, the Chargers are the 10th best matchup for a running back. And I just like the way Pacheco's been looking. He's now dominating the backfield snaps where early in the year he was seeding touches the CEH and to Jarek McKinnon. And now he's like, doubling up their combined snaps at this point. Um, they are really leaning into him. They leaned into him in the passing game last time out. He had six tar- six targets, six catches, especially like that against the Chargers. Look at the last two running backs that have made, uh, you know, starting running backs that have faced the Chargers have both gone for 80 plus yards through the air. Um, so I like the added upside for that. I think Pacheco is going to find the end zone at home in this game. So I'm, I'm factoring in a little gut touchdown feel uh, for Pacheco as well. Um, and then the other one who you alluded to is also liking is a guy that people haven't said anything nice about for a long, long time. And that's Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. And uh, we saw some signs of life last week at Las Vegas, uh, 10 carries 
46 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, five catches. And I think the thing I like about it, other than the fact that the Bills, which is funny to say the Bills are terrible against the run for as good a yeah. defense as they are. Uh, you know, they're really geared for stopping the pass and they're giving up 5.2 yards per carry to the running back position. They've allowed four running backs to go for 90 or more yards. Three have gone over 100 yards. So the other thing I like about Stevenson here is as much as people want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott, he really hasn't looked better than Stevenson. He's looked more his age. And I think it's still kind of even at this point for as bad as Stevenson's been. I think we know that he's still the more viable back in what, you know, people are might be surprised to know is just a good matchup for him here. Yeah. And I completely agree. That was kind of my take. I've been very worried about Stevenson and have kind of moved off of like really being able to start him, but I'm, I'm encouraged at this, this one thing Ramondre's received at least 16 touches in all, but just one game. And in his last game, 16 targets or I'm sorry, six targets out of the backfield. So they're starting to throw him the ball more taking yeah. that off of Zeke a little bit. And as you mentioned, the yards per carry up against Buffalo is something you don't expect. They're also giving up a hundred yards as well as five catches and 42 yards to running backs on average. And over the last two weeks, they've given up four rushing touchdowns to RB. So I worry because there isn't volume with Stevenson as much, but with the minimum of 16 touches and how much big play ability is there in touchdown um, equity might be there against Buffalo. This is a pretty good play. My, I my put him as like a surprise RB one. My biggest concern is that Buffalo has one of those catch fire games where they put up 30 to 40 and yeah. they doing anything can do nothing but throw the ball. And, but they may throw to Stevenson. That was why I mentioned, you know, they, the, the uptick in targets last week, I've been like, if you're, you got to reform this offense and reform this offense in my mind is built around getting Stevenson the ball. If you're going to get things right. And that's why, even if you're behind, I think you could see some more screen plays out of Stevenson and the ability to break big plays out is kind of what makes him kind of enticing. That's, you know, it, it's a, I think it's a riskier play that it's because he has just been blah all season long and Elliot has ruined so much of this as well, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. The one I have a difference on, and I see, I see why you could not be with me on this, but I'm not that into Jerome Ford. And Jerome Ford obviously is coming off of a, a good performance against the 49ers. Average almost five yards per carry, 17 rushes, 84 yards, caught a couple balls. All of that is great. This Indianapolis matchup that they've got coming up, it's not that great. It's it's not it's like the 49ers situation and what happened to me was more of an anomaly. It was the worst defensive performance. They let they let themselves get run on. They couldn't hold the ball offensively. And we did see Ford get volume because they weren't passing the ball with PJ Walker. They were running both the backs. And that's a key thing for me as well here. Indianapolis is a bit also more stout. They've only given up 100 yards rushing once, and that was to the Rams. Otherwise, they're averaging 86 yards on 24 carries. That's under four yards per carry. And we saw Kareem Hunt get more involved. And guess what? Kareem Hunt looked good. Kareem Hunt was hitting holes. They trusted him in early downs. I don't think Jerome Ford is going to get RB1 touches this week. I think you're going to get more Kareem Hunt. And I also don't think that they're going to be super effective. So 15 is wildly high to me. 
I pushed him down to barely an RB2, and I don't feel comfortable about that. So I think Jake and I's perception is quite different. I, I know you could look and go, oh my gosh, most carries he's had, second best yards per carries he's had in a game. This is the turnaround. It feels like it's going the opposite direction if you watch that game and how Kareem Hunt was being used, because I think they're going to use him more, Brandon. Uh, you look, you're talking to the OH for the original hater, because I, I have been off of the Jerome Ford bandwagon from the start. Um, so I actually have him ranked worse than you do this week. I am I am completely on board with you. I saw Kareem Hunt, and I was like, there's going to be more Kareem Hunt because he did yep. look good. And, it, you know, probably going to take a lot away from him in the passing game, in addition to stealing 10 to 12 carries in the run game. So uh, I'm with you. He's at the, at the very back, and I think I have him at RB23. So um, uh, I'm with you all the way on that. Yeah, also, you know, against the Colts, the way running backs get stuff done has been more on the receiving side. Five of six games, they've given up at least four receptions to running backs, and that's Cream Hunt's. That's Cream Hunt's role. So I, I don't think you're going to have as much with Jerome Ford. So I, more than anything, even if you don't want to be like, oh, Jerome Ford's not going to be, it's just fifteen is just way too high. So I, I don't like it. Maybe Jake will, you know, touchdowns and he'll reap he'll reap reap the day, but I just don't quite see it. Let's go over to wide receivers, the wide receiver ranks, the robust. I found much easier in competing against all these ranks and looking and trying to find the values. Wide receiver was a, a easier pill to swallow. Jake has got Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup nearing the top. Brandon Ayuk is a top 10 wide receiver this week. You've got Devontae Adams in there. DK Metcalf makes it. And Puka Nakua even jumps in as uh, number 11. So you've got two Rams wide receivers inside the top 12. Where do we differ? Well, as a wide receiver one, Mike Evans, actually, you you had it at 13. It's actually up to 12 now, Jake has. But you got Mike Evans at 19. So that's a pretty big difference of a barely wide receiver two versus a wide receiver one for Jake. So let's hear uh, where it differs. Yeah, well, first of all, I think Atlanta, we have to give them credit as being one of the better defenses this year. I mean, they show up uh, in fantasy as as staunch against running backs and staunch against receivers. I look at their pressure percentage on quarterbacks. It's third best in the league behind Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, and I think they just have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball, and they're doing a great job, and Atlanta will hold the ball as long as they can by the ground game. So... I, I don't think that hurts him at all either, but I look at Mike Evans the last two weeks, he's averaged three and a half catches and 44 and a half receiving yards, no touchdowns in that span. And so am I going to bank on him having a big wide receiver one upturn against a, you know, AJ Terrell and company who has been very good to this point. So I'm going to say, no, I'm going to call him a wide receiver too, which I don't think is any disrespect to him, but I just don't know based upon the recent evidence why we would think he should be a wide receiver one this week. Yeah, I I mean, I, I continuously am more interested in Chris Godwin if I'm doing some of that, but I've got him. Where uh, where do you say you have him? You have 19. him at 19. I'm, I'm in the middle of you guys. I've got him at 16 right okay. now. So, and I don't feel super enamored with him. Uh, another one, Jake actually moved him up a tiny bit, but Terry McLaurin, you've got at 16. Jake's got him around 20 or 21 right now. It was 23. So he's made a little bit of a, a rank adjustment. What uh, what's got you positive on Terry McLaurin over Jake? Because he's got players he has 
above Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown. Those are a few that he's got only above McLaurin right now, but you've got him at 16, which that would be on par with like where he's got like Christian Kirk and Devonta Smith. Yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin's looked good. I mean, two of the last three games, he's had 10 or more targets and 80 plus receiving yards. Uh, even in the games when he wasn't doing anything, he was always pulling out Terry McLaurin uh, you know, a catch or two that was in cl- classic Terry McLaurin go up and get a contested ball kind of style. But I think Sam Hell starting to play a little bit better. And I just love the matchup against the Giants. Uh, in my ranking, it's the ninth best wide receiver matchup on the board. Um, and so this Jahan Dotson's not getting much love. I mean, Curtis Samuel is disrespected. He's the number two in this offense. But I think the big playmaker is clearly all on Terry McLaurin right now. So, um, yeah. I'm playing him as a rock solid wide receiver too this week. Yeah, I'm really loving. It. I actually got him in a guillotine, the guillotine league. If people are familiar with that, where like every week one team gets cut and all the players go on waivers, and it was one of those where the guy had a bunch of good guys, and I was able to swoop up two weeks ago Terry McLaurin for dirt cheap, and nice. I'm now able to put him in the lineups, and it's it's been really beneficial. I'm in on Terry McLaurin. I've got kind of a weird one because I've openly just hated on the Falcons and Desmond Ritter, but. Things with Drake London are starting to change. And I've got Drake London as a wide receiver too this week, and maybe even a guy that can push a bit higher where Jake has got London outside of the wide receiver two territory. It's not as big of a numerical difference as we've talked about. It's like 23 versus 27, but I think there's like a philosophy difference. What I've liked about London, four straight weeks with a target increase. Those have increased every single week over the last two weeks. He's had over 200 yards receiving and received 21 targets. I did a show with Jake on my show in this league, actually this week. And Jake was talking about how this absurd stat that he found that the Falcons use two wide receiver sets at like a, I think it was. Oh, I know. Six, it, I, I edited the column. I had, that was the one, one of the takeaways I had, I had to verify that that stat was actually correct because it, yeah, 47% is like number two who use three wide receiver sets. And yeah. And then that's the second worst. And Atlanta was like, what was it? Was it like 30% lower? Yeah. Cause it was a 30% difference between the lowest three wide receiver sets, which was Atlanta and the second lowest, which was 47% by the Bills. I was like, wait, that's a really huge discrepancy between the last place and the second to last. I was like, I, I, so I had to go back to Jake and confirm that his numbers were correct. And he's like, yeah, that, that was yeah. correct. So that's insane. so what that tells you is, you know, now wide, one wide receiver sets, they might use Matt Collins a little bit, but in two wide receiver sets, Drake Lynn is always out there. He is always out there and they'll use two tight end sets. And that bodes really well, at least for when they're throwing that he's out there. And that can be the big question. You're like, okay, well, they kind of stink and they don't. Well, here's one of the benefits outside of the target increase and the yards increase for Drake London. The Bucks actually give up big numbers to number one wideouts. Over four of the last five weeks, the Buccaneers have given up at least six receptions and 100 yards receiving to the number one wide receiver, the top build wide receiver. And you've had a couple 120 and 130 yard performances as well. So they can be got on the wide receiver sets. You also can run on them a bit, which you've got Bijan and Tyler Algier. I actually think it's kind of a sneaky situation for Atlanta. And I think Drake London is a good get this week. So I've got him as inside the wide receiver twos and Jake doesn't. Even though Jake had that stat, he still didn't fall in love with Drake London. Yeah, no. Um, 
I, to your point, I was just looking, and Drake London is ninth among wide receivers in total snap count, um, and he's been over fifty every game since since uh, the first week. Um, so he was under in the first week, and then over every game since. But Buccaneers fifth best wide receiver matchup on my board. Uh, I like that call a lot. Yeah, so let's go Drake London. Probably going to look at him in the prop market this week as well. You got a tight end sleeper for us this week? Uh, not great week for tight ends, but why not Taysom Hill? I mean, that's, I just mentioned about how Atlanta has been really good on D. That's maybe their their biggest uh, you know discrepancy there is their tight end allowance. But Taysom Hill's been involved in this offense one way or another. You know, when Derek Carr was hurt, he's thrown the ball a little bit more. Uh, some games he's, you know, running a lot. Some games he gets like eight catches, you know? So it's like they're figuring out ways to get him involved in a week like this. Taysom Hill's not a terrible flyer. Uh, 20 for Jake. So Jake does not agree. He's got Taysom Hill down at uh 20. I like your call. I also throw another one out there. I like Michael Mayer. He comes in at 15 on Jake's list. Look good. It's a, it's a yeah, he looked good. He gets the target shares. If you got a guy like Hoyer's gonna play it safe, and that is Mayer and Jacoby Myers. And I think also for rookie quarterbacks, tight ends are your saviors. And I think the offense wants to get him the ball quite a bit more. It's not the most resounding matchup in the world, but against the Bears, six receptions, almost seven if you round up for 55 yards on average to tight ends, and he's the top build tight end. So that might be one you want to look at as well. And that is it. That is it for the episode. Make sure to go over to theathletic.com. Get a subscription if you don't already have it. You can get the wide receiver rank or all the ranks and the waivers. They're updated throughout the week. So you're going to want to check out the projections, all the other great stuff that Brandon edits. Jake puts out. You can check those out. Uh, you've also got what? What is the you got something coming out on Friday? I forgot. It's the trade target uh, yep. analyzer, right? The trade The trade value chart. Um, That's it. Yep. So rest of season ranking slash trade value chart, just to kind of give you an idea of where you can, you know, look to make deals and what you should be expecting in return. Highly suggest you go and do that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast right here for the two episodes we drop for you every week. Follow him at Brandon Funston, me at is it the Welsh and Jake all in kid. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Good luck in your week seven. And we will talk to you next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. 